The Southern U Podcast is brought to you by Darton Archery. For over 70 years, Darton Archery has been leading the way in archery innovation. With over 30 patents spanning over 60 years, it's easy to see why many archers and bow hunters have chosen to shoot a dart. Darton's patented dual sync cam system gives the archer one quarter inch draw length adjustments, adjustable holding weight options ranging from 85% to 65%, and the super easy to tune e-system for quick adjustments and perfect arrow flight. For more information or to find an authorized Darton dealer, visit dartonarchery.com. That's D-A-R-T-O-N-A-R-C-H-E-R-Y.com. All right, guys, welcome to the very first episode of the Southern U podcast, where we try to educate landowners on how to properly manage and steward their property. My name is Taylor McMurtry. I'm one third of the team here at Southern U. I'm going to pass it over to Jeremy Ferguson and let him give you a more formal introduction for himself. What's going on, guys? Uh, Jeremy Ferguson, you know, one third of the team here. Uh, background is I'm a wildlife biologist uh, also a real estate broker and then a uh, partner in a wildlife consulting firm uh, through the years I've been uh, been part of the public and the private sector so uh, and Matt has as well but but hopefully we're gonna be able to I guess take a dip behind the curtain on occasion to maybe what how we how we view some of the decisions that uh, public policy makers are, 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 you know, making and try to give folks uh, an understanding of why uh, some of those decisions may be being made, uh, you know, especially since we've got some, uh, we've got some time behind the scenes a little bit here. But, um, you know, through my career, I started out early working with a consultant after college uh, for a couple of years in Georgia, uh, really had the opportunity to work on some of the premier properties in the in the southeast i'll leave names out but uh those of you that are familiar with georgia know meriwether and harris county you know was a really big hot spot for several big landowners um got to work there and then went to work for a timber company where through uh through the years uh i was over the leasing program so you know everybody out there and they can dig on me pretty hard about going up on lease rates uh, we do yeah i know <laughs> i think right. i think when i started with the timber company they were about four dollars an acre and uh i think when i left they were hovering right around our average was nearly 10 bucks an acre so uh try 12 
Uh, you guys can thank me, me for that. On, on you know, within our company, Appreciate it, all the <laughs> all the companies kind of we're doing the same thing at the same time. So I was nothing special. You know, we were doing nothing special. Um, you know, apart from any of the others, but uh, just during that time period. But I had uh, I think somewhere in the ballpark of 900 clubs that I was responsible for on 350,000 acres. Gosh, man, that's uh, a lot. that was three states. Uh, so did a lot of travel, got a uh, really good understanding of, uh, you know, how the leasing system worked on industrial timberlands. And, you know, we all lease ground, or Matt and I do at least, lease ground from the industrial timberland side of things. So uh, there's a lot of things you can do and a lot of things you can't do. So, you know, I, I've got a good background with that. Um, after my time at the, uh, at the timber company, I moved over into the public sector and was the uh, technical assistance coordinator for Alabama Wildlife Freshwater Fisheries. Loved the job, uh, didn't really love the politics that was involved. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that about about uh, jobs in the, in the public sector. Uh, wouldn't take anything from my time there. Met a lot of awesome people and learned a lot of things. And uh, at that time, uh, Matt, myself, and uh, I think it was five or six other biologists were responsible for the DMAP program. So we worked on, I don't know, Matt would have, may have a better idea, but it was several hundred thousand acres of private lands that, that we worked with uh, landowners and other leasees to, to help them make deer management and uh, decisions and, you know, habitat management decisions within reason, you know, whether or not they own the property. And uh, about three and a half years ago, I, I left there to pursue uh, a career back in the the private sector, uh, you know, on my own with, with my business partner, uh, R.L. Foster, with Wildlife Consultant Services. And also, I've had a real estate license since 2007, uh, so I, I pursued a career part-time in real estate with Tut Land Company, and uh, it grew to be so demanding that uh, I do it more full-time now than I do uh, my consulting. Um, but my business partner, we've got employees that, that work for us, and Matt is gracious enough to help us where, uh, where we run out of time and run out of skill mm -hmm. <laughs> occasionally. Um, but been doing that for the last three years and uh, most recently opened a, an office for Tut Land, and I'm the broker, so it, it's taken, taken a lot of time away from the wildlife stuff that I really enjoy, but uh, uh, hoping that this little project kind of gets me back in the saddle and doing doing more wildlife work than I have been doing. Uh, really enjoy it, but uh, that's that's probably enough about me. Other than got a wonderful wife, Mary Helen, at home. You know, no kids, but we got a lot of animals to take care of at the farm. Um, so Jeremy's the kid of the family. Yeah, I am most definitely the kid of the family. Uh, don't feel don't. Thing. Don't feel like it today. You know, we're filming the uh, the very first episode of the podcast on the day that I turned 40. Happy birthday. So, Happy birthday, uh, man. Th thank you. So, feeling a little old today. A uh, little run down, but hey, that's part of Nothing it. Nothing to keep you young like jumping headfirst into a podcast, though. Th that's right. That's <laughs> right. And, and and I expect you guys to, to, to dig on me enough that I feel like I'm right back in high school again. It's coming. It's yeah, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and really, uh, Jeremy is a, a wealth of knowledge, and it's just kind of cool to 
to be a part of this uh, with him too, and uh, got a vast you know experience in the wildlife and timber industry, so it brings a lot to the table. And I guess the last third uh, we got going on here is Mr. Matt Brock. Uh, Matt, you want to kind of give us a little inside as to the how, most how, famous how, guy in Alabama? No. If you get on aldeer.com, no, well, yeah, AL mo- celebrity. That's debatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's debatable. Probably made quite a few people mad on there too. Um, yeah, so. Um, I grew up in a, a town, Fed, Alabama, that, uh, you know, small rural community. Um, I was one of the weird kids. Um, Still are. Yep. <laughs> Not much I, has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, ran around with uh, field guides in a backpack, uh, identifying trees and plants and birds. And um, I was that kid. So I quit sports at, at age 11 and really had a passion for the outdoors. Uh, hunting, fishing, any type of outdoor activity. Um, ended up going to Mississippi State University. Go dogs. Ah, War Eagle. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, that could be an entire episode in and of itself. It but, could be. Um, it is the Southern U. Uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> so um, I started working with um, the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, uh, Fisheries, and Parks when I graduated. And I worked as a regional biologist. Um, mainly a floater on all the wildlife management areas. Got a lot of experience, hands-on experience, managing properties, some state-owned, some owned by the Forest Service. Um, But it was very um, instrumental in helping me understand kind of where I wanted to go and where I wanted to take my career. Right. It just kind of set a foundation. I really enjoyed the the few opportunities that I got to meet with landowners. when we had an opportunity to come back to Alabama, I uh, started at Black Warrior Wildlife Management Area in the northwest part of the state. And being on that area, I was exposed to a lot of people. Um, it's one of the largest, if not the largest, wildlife management area in the state, um, over 90,000 acres. And it's also the trophy destination in Alabama. I don't if you know if I kill knew them. that. That's a ton. Of oh, gosh. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, gosh. The, the forest alone is 182. Or maybe 188. I don't know. It's over 180,000 acres. God. So half of it is in wildlife management area. And then I think close to a third of that is in the Sipsi wilderness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a lot of untouched ground out there. Um, but I had opportunities with the Department of Wildlife to branch out from working on just the public lands, um, meet with a lot of landowners, discuss things with landowners, and um, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy figuring out what their objectives are and then trying to help them reach those objectives. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe after roughly four and a half years, I had the opportunity to go into the private lands program where this knucklehead here was my supervisor <laughs> for a few years. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we had technical assistance biologists that handled DMAP programs you know, for the deer management, but also we would meet with anybody about anything it didn't matter if they were trying to manage for butterflies mm-hmm. um okay you know, cool. so any type of wildlife related um questions that they had the technical assistance biologists were dispatched to take a look and um you know i i enjoyed working for the state but there were aspects of it that you know it it helped develop me into the biologist that i am today um but gosh, I just love the private sector so much more because I was making recommendations for all these landowners. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I walked away and I was like, I don't know if they're going to do this stuff or not. 
and there's not uh, yeah really, I, don't, I don't know if he felt like i did but you know we all did during the at that position during our time in state you write ton tons of plans mm-hmm. and they just get put on a shelf and we both kind of figured out that there wasn't a lot of practitioners out there doing the type of work that we were recommending so all these folks wanted to do these things mm-hmm. There was just nobody to help them do it, you know, actually do it on the ground. Yeah, actually, actually it implement it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, we made – a lot of times I would just type up a summary. The, these are the tracks that we looked at. These are the recommendations that I make in order for you to reach your objectives. And I slide that over the table, and I don't know what they do with it. And they are asking, well, who do I get to do this work? Well, I don't know. You know, and really, I, I can't really wasn't, yeah, really wasn't allowed to make recommendations. Uh, so there's a big need there, mm-hmm. a, a big need for um, people not only to make the recommendations, but to actually do the work for these landowners. So uh, in February of 22, um, I turned in a resignation and um, me and I've, I've got a business partner as well. We, we started Habitat First Properties and uh, here we are in september of 23 and everything's going well um really enjoy what i do i enjoy the people that i get to work with the people that i meet um and i just hope that you know some of the things that i've learned about wildlife management over the years can be applied by somebody yeah Mm -hmm. sure and because we've had great success managing deer managing habitats and uh we just kind of want to we want to help people out yeah Yeah. and and i know both y'all see it there's I mean, gosh, how many podcasts and YouTube mm. channels are there associated or related to deer management or habitat management? But the vast majority are outside the southeast. And and, you know, and this is where it all started. And Yeah, and since you brought that up, I'm looking around. Not a deer in here. I don't understand how we're doing this southern you <laughs> without a single southern species of wildlife in this office. Well, what kind of image is that sending the people? Th- th- that's an image that uh, the the folks that helped us set up a office plan for a real estate business and decoration said, uh, you know, not so much dead stuff. Well, we got to have dead stuff. Yeah, well, we got to work I, on that. You know, <laughs> Need got, dead stuff. got the javelina and Rio turkey in here and pronghorn, you know, behind me. But uh, Southern U, where you learn about everything but what we're here to talk about. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but but that that's that's the interesting you know part to me is is I really enjoy going outside the southeast and and learning mm-hmm. and hunting, and and we're going to do some of that. But you know we're focused on the southeast here. I mean right. we really are. It's our bread and butter. It's where we work ninety percent of the time. I do some work in the Midwest. It's not a ton. It's a long way out there. There's folks that, that we work with out there that are a lot more suited to, to do that work out there. But occasionally we go out there and, and, and do some projects here and there, uh, by and large, just here in the southeast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll get some whitetails, or uh, we may we may move and, and shoot, you know, videos and some, some other locations. Oh, yeah. We're moving. My, my shop. Uh, well, we've got a, we got a, yeah, you got we got two, the, we two got deer, the, two whole deer. Yeah, we got, we got the man cave upstairs. So I've got, I've got a lot of deer. Uh, they just happen to be laying in the floor right now because, because we hadn't finished up everything just yet. How many of them were killed in the South, Jeremy? Uh, about 10. None of them, none of them very good. Uh, mm. I grew up, I grew up hunting in the Southeast, uh, 
unlike you going to Kansas and killing monsters <laughs> and, and Illinois. One time. One time. One time. Yeah, well, hey, you'll, you'll learn about Matt that uh, we're not going to give up too much about where he and I hunt now, but uh, I hunt right next to his house, and, and that's for a reason. Uh, really good quality deer coming from over that way. Um, I grew up in Marshall County. So, if you don't know anything yeah, about... I don't think you saw a deer until you were, what, 18? Gosh, man. I, I've, I've still never seen a, a deer on our family farm here. Wow. And we're, we're 5.2 miles as the crow flies from Gunnersville State Park, which it's has... infested with deer. ...one of the highest deer populations in mm-hmm. the state. And uh, the reason, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm guessing here, but I, I think the reason that we don't have any deer there at our farm is because the... Short Creek is a sheer rock wall mm-hmm. for several miles mm-hmm. uh, from our farm down to Gunnersville, right. uh, and they they just don't seem to cross it. But I grew up fishing, and I, now I grew up hunting too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; I killed my my first deer when I was ten with a rifle. Uh, the next year, I picked up a bow, started practicing. You know, all winter, all summer long, uh, we were hunting in southern Tennessee, Lincoln to Franklin County. The first time I put my butt in a tree stand with archery equipment, I shot a doe. Uh, the next day, I shot another doe. So I was ruined from that point. Yeah, for uh, sure. We, 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 had, we had a ton of deer up there. Just, you know, the quality was lacking. But I, I've shot tons and tons of deer through the years. But uh, we just never really had any great deer around. And, and we're starting to get, get better deer here. Like I said, I've still not seen a deer, you know, on our family farm uh, in, in Marshall County. Uh, we've bought another farm uh, from where I grew up. You know, it's about four or five miles, and we do have a few deer there. Um, I've, we've, the population is so low that I, I'm not going to shoot anything there. Uh, but, you know, a few years, I'd expect that population to continue growing and, and maybe have the opportunity from time to time. But yeah, I think the biggest deer I've killed in the southeast is, uh, it's 117, 118 inches. We got to change that. Yeah, but I mean, how many people that hunt in the southeast? That's that's oh, about what they're oh, shooting I, for yeah. sure. When I meet with landowners, you know, a lot of them have unrealistic expectations in Alabama. And when you meet with them, they're like, "Well, you know, we want to kill 130, 40 inch deer," and I'm like, "Well, great, we can do that, but don't expect it every year." Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our deer. They don't have the, the soil quality that the Midwest has. We don't have the age structure that the Midwest has. And I don't really worry about genetics. We can talk about all this at another time. Mm-hmm. But, um, nah. you know, there are places in the South that can grow some tremendous deer Absolutely. with age. And we just and don't have th- the that, age structure. I think that's the, the, biggest, the biggest thing. That's the biggest hurdle that, that I think we have here uh, in the Southeast, and especially in Alabama. Um, I know that's changing somewhat, um, but I think we've been pretty slow to change here in Alabama as far as a population of hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to shoot the first deer that walks by, by all means, I, 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 I don't. I'm not the one. I don't want to be telling anybody what to shoot. Mm-hmm. Your your enjoyment comes from what you do. Um, I happen to enjoy chasing old deer. It doesn't matter what's on their head. If if I can go out and shoot personally a five and a half year old buck, I'm tickled. I don't care what he's got on his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we've got perfect examples of that. And we'll show some pictures and show some hunts. So I've ruined a whole season trying to kill a 110 inch five year old deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
And, uh, I mean, do we have good deer? Absolutely. Do we occasionally pop up with 150-inch deer on our place? Yeah. But most of the time, they're poking youngish type deer. Oh, yeah. To, you know, down to maybe 115. Yeah, and it's about reining in those expectations. It because, is. Because, you know, a 120-inch deer in Alabama trophy is a, is a really good deer for <laughs> yeah, most people. Right. Well, 130 is is a phenomenal deer and 140 or better is probably a deer of a lifetime yep. yeah i mean I, I talk about it a lot and i realize like i'm kind of the oddball here i'm i'm the only one in the room that's not a biologist <laughs> and i'm i'm uh, uh i own a, a marketing company called broadside marketing and branding and shameless the, plug yeah shameless plug yeah. there no big deal but uh and so part of like the what I do is like the digital space and, you know, doing this kind of stuff, um, to be the first podcast I've ever produced. But, um, but you know, I, the name broadside comes from you know, archery. I mean, that's kind of my mm-hmm. first love is basketball. And if, at some point you get to a place where you don't get to play meaningful basketball anymore. <laughs> so it's time to go find something else to get passionate about. And, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, you know, if I can't play basketball, what can I do? And, uh, always loved archery and, uh, you know, any excuse I have to fling arrows is, uh, is a good one in my book. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, we talk about it a lot in terms of just, uh, expectations for the South in general, certainly Alabama. Um, but it's just different here. It's a different world. And, you know, again, I'm not a biologist, but, uh, it's a, just from experience, I've, I have hunted the Midwest mm-hmm. and I can walk deer in the Midwest, no problem because they're, they're not as few and far between. It's not that there's 150 inch deer behind every tree, but I mean, I can only count personally. I know that I've I've laid eyes on from, uh, you know, in the woods you know, on the hunt, uh, one deer in my lifetime that would go 150 for sure. That would absolutely go 150 or better. Mm-hmm. Now, do you get pictures? Occasionally of something mm-hmm. like that, yeah, you know, every now and then. But just the realistic expectation of actually putting that deer in your truck is just it's it's hard. so hard to do it's here, hard to do. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, around here, the the saying is, if you can do it in Alabama, you can do it anywhere. And, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean. I agree. It's the truth, you know. It's been my experience, and, too. And there's, you know, public land can be tough. And I know there's folks, uh, you know, I'm giving them a plug here, but perfect example of the guys hunting public, mm-hmm. you know, they're going out and they're killing some pretty solid deer on, on public land. And they even came to the South and I know what Warb shot a giant yeah. in Georgia, Yeah, but that's not the rule. That's the exception. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They struggled in, on Sam Murphy, if I'm not mistaken. They did. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. There's, there's big deer. Matt mentioned black warrior. I mean, it's becoming a destination place for the southeast, but you know it's also a little different. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, uh, during the Mississippi State Research Project, it was the only deer population that still maintained some of its genetic yes. material from the restocking days. Yeah, which uh, happened in 1925 and 26. They brought in, um, I think it was 101 deer of both sexes mm-hmm. from Iron Mountain, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And 25 and 26 so we're approaching 100 years and those deer still have some of the genetic material from that source population yeah. which they did not find anywhere else in the state of alabama All right gotcha and so they still rut yeah. in november mm-hmm. you know they still have that midwest rut bigger body deer they're, they're larger body they have different coloration the I hair mean, is unbelievable 
like we have these short haired mm-hmm. yeah, deer sure. in the south. These deer have a much lighter coat. Um, their hair is extremely long, even a hundred years later. Uh, their bone structure is different. Um, their facial coloration is different, and uh, they're just a different deer. Yeah. And it, it was very evident to me the first time I worked the check station there and they were bringing in deer that first hunt. I was like, man, these deer look just like deer from the Midwest. I, mean, I, I had killed a few deer in the Midwest mm-hmm. and I was like, these deer are not Southern deer. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is. And, uh, it's, it's kind of cool to see how all this stuff has played out. Like you said, almost a hundred years later, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, uh, without getting off, too bad on a tangent there. Uh, this is kind of our introductory episode too. And so, uh, if you happen to be listening to this or watching, uh, kind of what we wanted to do with this episode is just kind of explain, you know, kind of who we are backgrounds, those sort of thing, but also just kind of get it out there as far as what we're trying to to do and Mm -hmm. what this podcast is going to cover, what it's going to represent, what you can expect as a viewer, uh, on your end. So uh, I've got a couple of questions here. This kind of some very basic introductory level stuff that we want to address in this first episode. So um, now, you know, we'll kind of bounce it back and forth. But uh, the first one here is like, what is the mission of Southern U? Or like, what is it that we're trying to accomplish with Southern U, with this podcast, with, you know, platform? We've got a marketing guy and two biologists. So, you know what I mean? Like, what are, what are, what are we doing here? And uh, you guys fire away, whichever one wants to kind of take a stab at that. I mean, I, I, I think plain and simple, it, it's education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we want to provide some information, uh, you know, through social media that, that's going to help people manage their properties, help them make decisions. And, uh, you know, it's we're not going to be able to, just simply because, you know, hey, we're, we're sitting here in an office and we're talking and, and you know, hopefully the viewers are, are, are watching and listening. But if somebody's giving you a whole lot of recommendations on how to manage your property and they've never been to it, don't listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they can give you some ideas, um, but, but somebody that's going to be making management decisions on a piece of property has to see it. You can glean a lot of information from maps and, and other, you know, other sources, but there also has to be boots on the ground. So we're trying to give that, that, I guess that foundational information that will help you ask the right questions about your property and even contact, you know, professionals, whether it be Matt or myself, or there's a lot of other professionals to, to help you go further down that management line Mm -hmm. of course obviously we're going to do some hunting some some entertainment and obviously anybody that watches it's gonna gonna probably pick up on the fact that i'm just going to give matt a hard time regardless what we're doing (laughs) that that's anywhere everybody (laughs) you know spiritual gifts is talked about in the bible and i believe that my spiritual gift or one of my spiritual gifts is the ability to take ridicule Oh, he <laughs> takes it like a champ. I've I'm, never been around. He should have hit me yeah. in the mouth dozens of times. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we got cameras rolling. Maybe we'll see that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, and I, whenever we kind of started talking about this, I'll just say this and I'll let Matt uh, kind of give his take on the question too. But one thing from the start that I said, just kind of as a, a guy that's trying to put this together and, and produce it so that people can watch it and listen to it, is I did not want this to be just another 
hunting podcast. There's yeah. a million of them, and I'm not, not here to throw, to throw anyone under the bus or anything like that, but it's kind of a oversaturated market, and that's not what Southern U is. Southern U as in university, like education. And so first and foremost, I think what, just like what Jeremy said, it's education, but it's not just education for deer or turkey management or mm-hmm. whatever it's i mean if, if you're interested in in growing the you know the highest yield of crops on your land if it's you know agricultural mm-hmm. type stuff or if it's timber production if you're trying to maximize your investment and get a you know the better roi on some kind of uh, timber investment property or something like that i mean this is going to cover all things land related yeah mm-hmm. and it's not and don't get me wrong uh, we're about to enter into the hunting season everybody else in the country is already killing stuff now but uh-huh. but we're not yet um so we're we're shortly we're getting there very soon um but uh it's going to be a uh, hunting heavy content to start with but i mean it's really more than that and we want to to provide education on all levels so uh um, yeah and, and please don't take away from what taylor said that we feel like we're experts in all of those fields we are not right um but we work closely with a lot of industry professionals in a lot of different uh, in a lot of different ways, and we're going to bring those folks in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that that I'm excited to to bring to the table, uh, you know, with with that side of things is a lot of folks are out there looking to buy land, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm going to use my experience, you know, from a, a sales agent and a broker standpoint to help folks ask the right questions about purchase a piece of land, what it takes to be financed, um, you know, just, just all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we may have entire episodes uh, on, hey, I found a piece of property, you know, that I'm interested in buying. What's my next step? Yeah. Um, and then also a, a really important side of that, you know, is, is how to sell a piece of property because uh, we get a lot of pieces of property that are uh, folks are wanting to sell and they – man they're just not ready mm-hmm. um at least th- they may be ready to give away but to uh to, to earn top dollar mm-hmm. i mean you've got to do some things so you know bringing in those ag professionals uh foresters you know we're going to have a lot of guests on here and we're going to pick their brains about about those items mm-hmm. for sure sure so matt yeah uh, as for me i've been doing a lot of thinking on this lately like what <laughs> don't hurt yourself oh, shut up <laughs> you know what do I hope to provide um, among this trio here? And what do I want the viewers to to receive? And basically, at heart, I'm a killer. Uh, Blood, Jared, lust, I'm, lie. I'm a killer. No <laughs> other per- well, one other person I know. Uh, Hush, but, let me finish. Just buddy that with us. But so, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that are entering the hunting world that, that had no mentors. Mm-hmm. They didn't grow up in hunting families. They may not have started hunting until they were 20 or 30 years old. Some of them even later than that. So because they didn't come up in that atmosphere, uh, and, I, and, and, you know, going back, I, I told my wife before we got married, hunting is not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that through my experiences, and I've made a lot of mistakes, through my experiences, hopefully I can help someone out. If we're going to have this, you know, educational series, we're going to cover everything. Mm-hmm. And I would like to take some of my knowledge on hunting and habitat management and just 
provide it. Yeah. Just make sure people have access to it mm-hmm. because there's things that you cannot teach people um, until they experience it for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, you know, I just. You can't tell anybody what it feels like to release an arrow no. on the first first animal that you even you people who are apprehensive hunt. about that and maybe even a little bit frightened by the fact that i'm fixing to take an animal's life um to see the smile on their face after they've done it mm-hmm. it's something oh it, it you yeah. either have it or you don't i've i've been you know a part of people taking their their first primarily deer several times but more than once you know i've seen people cry and i'm like mm-hmm. you know what's this about and uh you know they weren't upset mm-hmm. it was just excitement uh, excitement and i guess the respect for the whole process yes so yes. It's, it's pretty neat yeah yeah for sure um and this kind of rolls in feeds in perfectly to kind of the next question what topic what topics are going to be covered um so there's a thing that we had talked about before we ever launched and uh kind of wanted to to structure out when we were putting the schedule together uh, it's something that you guys are going to see in the in the near future. A lot of stuff coming out, um, and we're, we just call it the 101, kind of to go with the U. Yep. Um, uh, keep with that kind of education theme. And the 101 stream of content is basically going to be, just like Matt was talking about, very basic, very introductory, fundamental level uh, stuff. And it could be, you know, just like Jeremy was talking about earlier, man, you know, I've been watching the hunting public, and they're they're killing, you know, turkeys on public land and that just looks like so much fun, but I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have somebody to show me the ropes. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, gosh, I want to do that myself, but I don't even know where to get started. Well, we're going to have some content that's devoted to that. It's going to be, you know, we'll have a guest on that helps you just kind of discover what is, you know, what's four or five pieces of gear that you really need to have to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, what here's four or five pieces of knowledge that you need to have in order to be successful in the turkey woods, you know, and we'll have kind of turkey hunting 101. We'll have mm-hmm. any, you know, anything. It could be timber management 101. <laughs> you know, it could mm-hmm. be uh, whatever, archery equipment. We're going to do, you know, bow hunting 101. And just we want to provide, um, like I said, some foundational type education so that you can feel confident if this is not something that's in your wheelhouse, it's not something that you've ever done before, you can feel confident doing it um jeremy and i actually went down uh to alan connor's place shout out to alan (laughs) uh, ac sports but uh a friend of mine that i went to high school with played ball with one of my best friends in the world um he for whatever reason he just like didn't really hunt as he was growing up and just you know got busy or just wasn't interested for you know whatever uh but in the last two years he's really kind of just gotten the bug and he's just really trying to gain as much knowledge as he can and i've tried to try to help facilitate that as much as possible and um you know basically this is what we're doing is for guys like that you know guys that are i mean i'm i'm 34 you know so he's he's just a baby he's never never uh you know he's never killed an animal with a bow and so that's kind of mission number one this season is he really really wants to take a deer with a bow this year and so i'm we're trying everything we can to to help him so Mm -hmm. um but anyways, as far as co- uh, topics to be covered, I just wanted to kind of mention that one-on-one content. Um, any guys, anything you guys want to add on that? Yeah, I mean, you you covered it pretty good. But yeah, to, to expand on that, I mean, we we sat down and we we tried to find or tried to think about topics that that really aren't talked about that much that that are going to help people be successful. I mean, 
one of the things I would have never thought of, and, and, and Matt thought of it right off the bat, is, uh, you know, what do you do after the shot? Mm-hmm. There's, everybody talks about the bow, the setup, or the rifle, the setup, what tree stand, but they never tell anybody what to look for yeah. after the shot. Yeah, you I've know? shot a deer, now what? Yeah. What should I have paid attention to when I shot that deer? Where'd the deer go? How was it acting? Where did my arrow make impact? What do I find when I get what down? What color there? is that arrow? Right. Yeah. <laughs> How does it smell? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, we, sure. we don't see a lot of that. I mean, people are not covering those topics. And I think that that is absolutely vital for someone's success because yeah. they may make a great shot and not know anything about tracking deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they don't, and they don't have that experience and they don't have a mentor, they don't know what to look for. Mm-hmm. No. They're going to stumble through it like a lot of us did. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's awesome, man. I'm excited for it, too. That's probably one of the things I'm probably the most excited about, more so than even even the hunts and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that we've kind of already covered this, so we'll kind of – we don't have to necessarily go through all of it again, but I had on here just how did all of us meet. Um, If you kind of wanted to give any – I know you guys had talked about working together Mm -hmm. with the state. Um, As far as me, I actually have just introduced to Matt through jeremy just mm-hmm. really not that long ago yeah. <laughs> you know just a, a, few weeks, a, few, weeks. a few weeks ago um but uh the you know recommendation of of jeremy and uh, kind of the reputation that matt has in the industry i mean it's just kind of a no-brainer for us to work together but yeah um i don't know jeremy you want to elaborate on any of that type stuff or yeah i mean from the side of things of, of how i know you you know uh really got to know you church yeah uh through through attending church together uh, through the years and then also your your dad guided with my business partner on a mm-hmm. uh, outfit and business uh that that my my business partner still owns um but you want to talk about bloodlust it runs deep in that family <laughs> uh, it's it's strong good it, it's strong with the <laughs> uh the senior mcmurtry and i think it's pretty strong with this one here yeah, too like hey man i, I told like you it. any excuse to sling an arrow i'm <laughs> there right. any excuse but but yeah i mean um uh, i'm gonna dig on him because of ald a lot and they're oh, getting gosh. a lot of plugs from us um uh, <laughs> but if you know if folks don't know just just look it up and you'll You'll go down that rabbit hole like many, many hunters do. Um, but that was where I was first introduced to Matt. I'm yeah, like, I met him. I, I'm like, who, who is this guy that all of these people that don't know him from Adam have the biggest man crush on this guy? What, what's he done? Who <laughs> I is still he? don't see it. He tells me this all the time. Oh, I don't see it. He's, I, I, he doesn't see it, but, but go talk to any of our, uh, uh, past counterparts, you know, at the at the state level, That's so funny. and and they all they all know that, yeah. that he's by far the most popular guy on AL Deer. Oh my gosh! Um, but actually, I think I met him the first time at uh, at Deer Study in Mississippi. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we do a lot or have done a lot of traveling through the years together since that point, going to. Unfortunately, dear, dear study, and then furthering our you know knowledge and understanding of of research and and management, and you know that's how we know a lot of the guys in the in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my my I guess introduction to most of that was uh, you know in college, and then working for uh, uh, I, I did some 
side consultant and and tried my hand at, at video work years ago and uh you know shout out to uh the management advantage chuck and howard but that that's kind of where i got my start into the industry really and if y'all don't know chuck sykes i mean really a wealth of knowledge uh from the wildlife side of things um he really was my mentor you know when i got into this industry and uh, of course you know that's who brought me on at the state you know mm -hmm. down the road uh several years later but uh i mean being dropped out of college right into you know the outdoor channel when it was really at its prime mm -hmm. i mean i got to know a ton of people and uh you know that's what pulled me deeper deeper into the industry with a lot of uh I guess gear and gadgets and and things like that, and and that that's some of what I'm excited to talk about, are are some of the things that I know that are really hot topics now because of social media, mm -hmm. because of the internet, because of Facebook and uh, Instaface or or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, it hurts. I, yeah, I mean, look, guys, if if you know anything about me, you know I'm not techno savvy. Um, if you like makes my, two of us. yeah, if you like my marketing and you like what my social media stuff looks like, the guy down at the end of the table does it all. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a clue. That's uh, <laughs> appreciate that shameless plug, baby. Yeah, but um, you know, I'm excited to talk about things that I see that are hot topics. That man, we've been doing since, you know, I, I can only say 20 years, mm -hmm. roughly, because I, you know, I finished college and. Uh, Oh five, um, so even my time doing internships back then, there's things that are hot now that people they really view as new that we were doing back then, mm -hmm. um, and it's just you know it wasn't publicized as much. Right. Um, so I, I'm excited to uh, to bring a little bit of that to light and and some of the things that we've been doing and and give away the information that that we've developed or not developed but we've you know put down and kept records of mm -hmm. there's a lot of folks in this industry that uh man if you want to really dig deep and get the knowledge that they've acquired and obtained and i don't fault them for it you're gonna pay for it mm -hmm. and we're gonna try to give as much of it away as we can yeah uh, now obviously you know we manage property for a living and uh you know if you want to hire us to do that then obviously that you know that costs money mm -hmm. um but some of this information we can we can give freely mm -hmm. and and i think more of us should mm -hmm. uh, honestly um so I, i'm excited about that for sure matt nothing to add there no i mean just you know kind of related to what he just got through talking about um and something we've already addressed earlier but you know there's a lot of these podcasts and the information that's available is specific to the midwest yeah mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm excited personally about helping southern landowners absolutely because there's a lot of things they do in the midwest that are not as applicable down here that's right yeah but, it's not that it, it that you can't do it right but you're going to have a whole lot more success if you tailored it to 
this climate right. yes. and this. Yes. You know, I mean, uh, deer don't respond no. to the same treatments here as they do there. No, I mean, I, without getting deep into it, I mean, a perfect example to me is, you know, is the hinge cutting mm-hmm. that, that's so popular. I mean, is there a place for it? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, and we'll get deep into this <laughs> later on. But, uh, I mean, one of the guys that I spent two weeks with that I learned more from about deer behavior because he studied deer behavior and he's not a deer professional uh, but he you know he wasn't he is now a guy named Jim Ward yeah, yeah uh, everybody in the Midwest knows Jim and his habitat work but he came down and spent two weeks with us and at the end of it he said you know I hope I taught y'all something but I know y'all taught me something yeah because it's just totally different here no doubt um yeah, I mean, and so I guess this here is pretty much the last question. Um, what does the format look like as far as like how many episodes, you know, what kind of time frame, guests, those sort of things, without without letting the cat out of the bag? We've already kind of uh, got some relationships built with a few other industry professionals. Uh, we're going to have some some guests that we have already kind of lined up, but um, I think as far as the time frame goes, just because all of us have separate jobs. Like we've all got things that, you know, Jeremy's got multiple businesses. He's doing real estate or he's doing habitat work or he's doing all of it together at the same time, same deal with, you know, I mean, Matt's got a million things going on too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for us, what you can really expect is once we start rolling this stuff out, um, it's going to be bi-weekly. So we're looking at about 26 episodes or so. And if, you know, if we have time to, to do more than that, we will, but we're going to, Tell all of our sponsors and kind of partnership um, uh, industry, you know, industry partners that uh, we're going to be looking at 26 episodes for sure, and uh, it'll be you know like I said bi-weekly. So mm-hmm. every other week we'll be dropping a new one. And, uh, and some of that, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of that 101 information may be a little more frequently or a little more infrequently, just depending on yeah, just kind of how we're in the field. Right. Yeah, it's going to be um, a lot of it's seasonal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like that's why I was saying before, this is going to sound like a hunting podcast in the beginning because that's what season we're in right now yep. we're, for, the we're, next, for the next two to three months right i mean that's kind of where we're at but um hopefully if you stick with us long enough what you'll find is as we kind of start to get to the tail end of hunting season mm-hmm. then it sort of shifts and we change gears and start talking about more all right now post hunting post deer season mm-hmm. what do we need to be doing land wise if we're looking to sell if yeah. we're looking to improve uh you know the quality of our habitat if we're trying to get ready for growing season for crops you know or whatever yeah. whatever that looks like so uh if you kind of hang with us obviously we're going to have a lot of fun during hunting season because we're all excited about that but um yeah montana baby yeah Go i was about to say me. yeah these guys are uh jeremy's heading uh Heading to, uh, we say, Wyoming, Montana Wyoming, for prom- Montana. pronghorn, right? Yeah, archery uh, pronghorn. Next week, right? Is yep, it? next week. Yep. So he'll be gone uh, for that. And then they're both, both these guys are heading to Kansas uh, to be, you know, chasing around where the big ones live, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just be holding the fort down here in Alabama. Okay, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> yeah. shooting the, you know, 110-inch eight-pointers. We stuff. are <laughs> definitely going to represent the South well here, though, hunting, uh, or Matt will. I you know I rarely I rarely kill anything down here. I don't know why. You don't, you don't go. Uh, that's a big problem. Is I don't go. <laughs> you have to go. What's the uh, saying? You can't kill them on the couch. That's oh it. you can. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You, you yeah just raise the window over there <laughs> yeah. uh, and kill them off the couch. Yeah, a couple of really done. good deer. Um, but yeah, I 
I tend to stay in work frame of mind when I'm home. Home, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I'm looking forward to changing that. But uh, we got to get him out. Yeah, we got to get him but, out this year. But I, I, I love hunting, but I am more excited about us kind of being able to shine the light on hunting here in Alabama uh, as much as I am anything about this, and, and really show people what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know. It's 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 different, and and we're going to be vitally different from the guys doing the the public land mm-hmm. thing too. Sure, I mean, in in my opinion, we're we're hunting more pressured deer than the public land. I don't in I some don't, cases. I, I don't think the honey, the public land gets as much pressure as the properties that we're going to be hunting. You know, next to especially us. our archery season. Yes, yeah. There's hardly any pressure on a lot of public land. Yeah, archery season. but you know, we're leasing ground. Some of it's through private individuals. Uh, all of it's private ownership, but most of it is through timber companies. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a plethora of things that we can't do, and we're in the same boat as the guys in Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're hunting industrial pine plantation, and I am really excited to to do that and, and shine a light on that so that, you know, there's folks really see how it is. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, well, guys, that's pretty much going to wrap up the first episode here. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Those of you who are going to be checking this out, one thing we'd ask you to do is once we get this stuff uploaded, of course, it's going to be on our YouTube channel. You'll be able to find that, social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, if you would, just um, obviously subscribe to those, follow those, and then share it with somebody. You know, um, Again, I know we've said it a lot, but... I'm excited to kind of show the world and show, you know, the country how things are done in the Southeast from a management perspective, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And just how it's, it's just a different planet here. If things are different and, uh, in, in the best way, really, like it's just kind of a cool thing. So Absolutely. getting a chance to share that with you guys. And, uh, if you know somebody in the South or if you're in the South yourself, we just ask that you would follow along with us, um, stick with us. We're still working out the kinks on audio and video and all that good stuff. So, um, hang out with us and it's going to be one, uh, one heck of a journey. I think we're going to have a lot of fun together though. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's do it for the, for the first episode. We'll see you guys on episode zero, zero two. Thanks awesome. guys. See you. See ya.